Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I'm your host, Stephen LaBooth, and I got some skilly, skilly stuff for you today, my friends. <laughs> All right, guys. How are y'all doing today? Sorry if it gets dark and then sunny in here, dark and sunny. I got the curtain pulled down, but it's a pretty sunny day out there. And yeah, I didn't put my curtain up in the back to keep it dwaka, so excuse the lighting. Yes, I'm doing a video for this one. But I hope you guys are doing great, doing good. Sorry about being late last week and sorry about being late this week. Yeah, it's been crazy. It's a uh, We've had storms come in every night this week, and I usually record on Friday nights to put this on for Saturday morning. I had everything ready to go, but we had storms come in Friday, and then uh, Friday, storms came in and blew one of my trees over in the front yard, so yesterday, Saturday, I was spending the time chopping some trees up in my front yard, so I didn't get to record, and then I was going to try to last night. We had more storms rolling in, so yeah. But it's uh, it's rainy season in Texas, and this is tornado season, so this is what we usually get sometimes. So, But yeah, if y'all guys have been checking out the YouTube videos, I want to say thank you very much. Just want to say thank you, period, guys, because numbers are doing good and everything's great. It's awesome. Really, really appreciate you guys listening to, listening to the show. And um, I think after this one, I'm going to... Start doing the summer edition. Well, after uh, after this episode, I'll see how many uh, days of summer we have left. I mean, of uh, spring we have left. And uh, when we, like I said, when I get done doing the, uh, when we get done with spring, I'll quit doing the lakes and stuff. And I've been thinking about going over haunted roads and stuff this summer. You know, because people are always traveling during the summer, vacations, road trips, you know, so... I think it'd be cool if I could find out some of the scary roads and stuff across the U.S. Or even in the, over across seas in Europe and stuff. So, yeah, I think it'd be good. But anyways, yeah. And uh, I do have one fan out there that listens to the show that likes it. But she says my uh, stories of the water creep her out. <laughs> and asked me when I was going to start doing, you know, other stories. And I was just explaining to her, I kind of go with the seasons and do stuff like that, hauntings and stuff. And I just get tired of covering houses and stuff like that all the time. So I try to break it up for you guys. So hope I'm doing a good job of that. All right. But today we got some stuff in North Carolina and Tennessee to talk about. So I hope it's a good show for you. And like I said, I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening it's awesome, guys. It's awesome. So you guys that listen on the audio, if y'all want to go watch the videos, remember, go to YouTube, look up Ghost Stories Tour from the South, and you'll see my ugly mug. But I just want to say thanks again. I mean, because it's y'all are y'all. You guys are awesome. Well, I guess without further ado, we'll, um, <coughs> get some stories told. All right, so you know the routine, man. <sniffs> Go grab you a nice warm blankie. Get you a nice cup of coffee, cup of cho hot chocolate if you want. Sit down and relax and hit play 
and be ready to be scared about some of these um, haunted waterways in North Carolina and Tennessee, I think. No, these are all Carol- uh, North Carolina today. Today. All right, let's get on with the first one, my friends. All right, the first story we are going to cover today, if I can get my... We are going to cover... No. All right, today we are going to cover a Gimli gift. Sorry about that. I had to grab my bifocals. Okay, the first place we're going to talk about is Paint Rock in Hot Springs, North Carolina. Whatever Whatever you're believing in all things paranormal or simply a history buff, you'll want to pay a visit to this haunted rock cliff in North Carolina. Known as the paint, the known as, excuse me, paint rock. There's more than 100, it's more than 100 feet tall. It's a 100 foot tall cliff. And it contains ancient pictures on the wall from the uh, Indians that used to live in the area. Believed to be much as 5,000 years old. But this is not at all, but that's not all. Paint Rock is reportedly one of the most haunted places in North Carolina. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but people say that about every freaking place I talk about. Nestled along a deep horse bend in the French Border River, there is an enormous rock cliff that is uh, splattered in all colors. Known as Paint Rock, it contains ancient photographers or ain't known as paint rock it contains ancient pictures some of these earliest forms of written communication the pictures are symbols that are convey words and paint rock is famous for the symbols found on its uh, face (coughs) you know like the face of the rock but finding paint rock, paint rock is another story. The historical marker seen in the image above is is placed placed five point five miles away from the site, which is seven point eight miles northwest of Hot Springs. It's actually located in Paint Rock on Paint Rock Road, just short of Tennessee, just short of the Tennessee border, and right before the bridge pictured below for those in search of the pic of the pictures good luck paint rock is three times as long as it is tall and is technically has more than uh, one side moreover the uh, pictures are hard to obtain because the symbols and the symbols are simply to find Okay, that don't make any fucking sense. Moreover, photos of the pics are hard to obtain because the symbols are simply hard to find on such a large surface. Most accounts place them high, high above the uh, rock face. This photo, known as the ancient pictures, found just right of the off the center of the image. Paint rock is a majestic sight. 
to behold. In addition to one of the, in addition to the one-lane road at the base of the cliff, there is also a trail running between the road and the cliff. History of the location and its uh, importance of the uh, Native Americans that once inha- inhabited the area, combined with the uh, likely confront confrontations that occurred when settlers would be part would be part of why this spot was has so many paranormal vibes and the activity runs very high as legend has it in days gone by beautiful mandans would lure men into the waters along the paint rock only to drown them some people especially those who were keenly empathetic get weird vibes when visiting paint rock. Others hear these sounds of disembodied souls or sea orbs. Perhaps these are the imprints of the past lives that lived and died here at paint rock. Okay, here's another little, some little more little stuff I got. And, of course, you know, uh, Paint Rock is located near the Tennessee-North uh, Carolina border in the small town of Hot Springs. Paint Rock has been a landmark forever, featuring, featuring one, of the, one of the best examples of Native American uh, pictures. That means like the, car, the pictures and stuff that they painted on the wall. Uh, located right off the French Board River, the cliffs were first no- uh, noted by Europeans in the 1790s. They were later, later, uh, they were later at a, they were later a, stre- a st- they were later a beautiful hole, a beautiful place to behold, uh, boarding the uh, Cherokee land. The figure of a lone Cherokee man has been seen walking through the forest near Point Rock. Or Paint Rock, I'm sorry, Paint. But who makes this one, what makes this one the most haunted place in North Carolina is more about the most famous water it overlooks. Legend has it that it's singing uh, medians here have lured men to their their deaths. So apparently, uh, you hear uh, voices and stuff, and they lure you out to the middle of the water and drown your ass. Point Rock can still be visited today. It remains famous as the uh, best place in North Carolina to see authentic native pictures. Well, that was a pretty decent story. Pretty spooky. So if you're ever around Point Rock and you hear some uh, singing and stuff... Don't go check it out, okay? Because you're going to get lured into the depths of the river and drowned. Yeah, pretty crazy. (coughs) (coughs) All right. Let's get this uh, next story going, baby. All right, our next story we're going to talk about is the Great Dismal Swamp, the northern border in North Carolina. Though beautiful, the Great Dismal Swamp is also a dangerous and spooky. 
In addition to wild animals, the swamp is deep in... It's deep and difficult to climb out of. Many have drowned in its waters. Mysterious lights have been seen in the forest and gliding over the water. Hunters have lost bears and deer, claiming they disappeared without a trace of blood or anything. Perhaps the most famous tale from the Great Dismal Swamp is that of two Native American lovers. The woman died before the wedding before the wedding and was buried in the swamp. The man later drowned while paddling out because he swore he could see her in a white canoe. Now the ill-fated can reportedly be seen from time to time paddling on Lake Drummond together from north from north Carolina visitors can go to the Dismal Swamp State Park. In Virginia, the Great Dismal uh, Swamp National Wild Refuge is located near Suffolk. Okay. I turned my light on a little bit here so I could see this one. Okay, the Great Dismal Swamp is one of the largest wilderness areas in the eastern seaboard. It covers parts of southeastern Virginia and northeastern North Carolina. Back in the days of George Washington, the swamp was incomposed million, it incapacitated millions of acres of marshy land. But centuries of human habitation have disrupted its natural ecosystem. Numerous ditches and channels have been car- uh, carved into the land. The earliest finished in the late 1760s, which was a five-mile-long ditch, and it was known, it's known today as Washington's Ditch. It is the uh, longest called the the longest called the dismal swamp canal take it took over two decades to complete constructing such uh architectural waterways requires draining draining existing lakes and rivers and logging trees from their surrounding woodlands as a result today 112,000 acres of swamp remain to the Great Dismal Swamp National Wildlife Refuge oversees the preservation and protection of this area. We mentioned the Great Dismal Swamp briefly on one of our posts. The Amber family of Jamestown, because it has played an important role in the shaping of American America's history. But the swamp is also rumored, rumored to be haunted. According to Native American legend, the ghost of a deranged lover searching for his dead sweetheart wanders its grounds. He vanishes, he, he vanished, his vanished girlfriend is often referred to as the Lady of the Lake. American, American Indians in the uh, swamp long before the arrival of the uh, colonists 
village of various tribes, including the Chesapeake and the uh, Chowan. Chowan. Sorry if I butchered that. Uh, once dot once dotted the swamp. Uh, Perimeter, perimeters. The Indians would venture deeper into the marsh when they needed to hunt or fish. The adventures in the Great Dismal Swamp inspired multi-myths and fables, including the sad story of the Lady of the Lake. Oh my God, man. How many freaking ladies of the goddamn lake are there? You know, I've been doing this podcast for a while. I think every state has one or two stories of the Lady of the Lake. The American Indians that lived in the swamp long before the arrival. Okay, I've already. Okay, colonials. Villages. Okay. The Indians would uh, venture. Okay, I already said that. Wow, that one says about the same stuff. Talks about the, but it don't really tell about the lady in white, though. I don't understand. Two famous poems. Huh. That's weird. It don't say why the lady of the lake haunts the place or anything. But if you want to go to some scary, scary places, go to the Dismal Swamp. And it's on the border of Virginia and North Carolina. Go check that out. It sounds pretty uh, pretty scary. So if you see the lady of the lake, or if you see the uh, Indian looking for his uh, wife that he was going to marry, yeah, pretty spooky stuff, man. I don't know how I would react if I was sitting out there and actually seen something running through the forest or walking around when I was out there, and I knew I was by myself. Yeah, I, that, that, that would be creepy. All right, what's our second one? Okay, our third story <coughs> is about the Cape Hangerous Lighthouse in Buxton, North Carolina. On July... On July 10th of... Ni- of on July 10th of 1794, excuse me, Congress finished 48, fin, or Congress financed a 44,000 to be used in the construction of a lighthouse on Hayderus Island, one of the many barrier islands making up the outer banks of North Carolina. The area of the Atlantic Ocean happens to be where two very different current converge making storms. The rough seas, more common in fact, the waters surrounding the Cape Hadrus Lighthouse has been nicknamed the Graveyard of the Atlantic. The two currents, the uh, the two currents, the warm Gulf Stream, and the cool labyrinth current from the uh, north, shift the uh, sandbars, and it became 
increasingly common for ships to become grounded, especially at night. That would be some shit right there. Could you imagine being back in the day before they had all this technology and electricity and stuff? Be out there in the middle of the night and stuck on a fucking sandbar? Yeah, that'd be crazy. <sighs> that's the lighthouse. That's why the lighthouse was constructed in 1802. Yet despite the looming stature, sailors found the light to be quite lacking. It was often too, it was often hard to see. The sea contained to be predictable and treacherous. Some historians estimate that there is as many as 5,000 shipwrecks that have either sank or have been destroyed within the region. <coughs> many lives have been lost. <coughs> In 1862, the uh, Hatcheris Lighthouse became targeted as a result of the Civil, Civil War soldiers climbed up the, to the top of the tower and proceeded to destroy the lens and the lanterns. The new lighthouse was constructed in 1870, and it cost $167,000. The original lighthouse was destroyed in the winter of 1871. The last remains of the uh, first uh, lighthouse washed into the sea during a storm over a century ago. The tower, along with the keeper's modest quarters, were constructed entirely out of brick. 1,250,000 bricks were used to complete the 210-foot tower, making the new lighthouse the tallest brick structure in the united states by 1919 it became increasingly clear that the beautiful new lighthouse was in danger of being destroyed over time the atlantic had slowly begun to eat away at the beach by 1919 the ocean was uh, more than 120 feet away from the base of the uh Lighthouse. In 1935, the ocean finally crept up to the lower, lower, lower. Several different attempts were made to control the uh, incoming sea, but no one, nothing worked. Uh, a tower with a light. The lighthouse was originally. Oh wait, the, the lighthouse was officially out of commission. In 1942, and it served an entirely different purpose. German U-boats had begun to attack uh, nearby ships, so the so the Coast Guard used the lighthouse as a lockout station for the next three years. Gradually, sand was painstakingly added a added around the uh, lighthouse, pushing the shoreline back some somewhere about a. 500 to 900 feet. On January 23rd of 1950, the lighthouse was once more used to safeguard passing ships. By 1999, it became quite clear that the lighthouse was in danger of erosion sea, sea once more. The waves were a mere, the waves were a mere 15 feet away. A local company was hired to find a way to move the uh, entire structure to safe ground. 
the lighthouse, which weighs 5,000 tons, was transported to the southwest and is currently 150 feet away from the shore. Well, that's good that they fixed that shit. The Carl A. Daring is is one ship that intruded a mysterious tragedy not far from the lighthouse. In er In early January of 1921, the ship set sail for the Barbados. Several ships reported that the uh, schooner was acting strangely and had somehow lost its anchor. On the morning of January 31st, the Coast Guard saw the ship grounded on the Atlantic graveyard. Investigating the ship took several attempts. Due to a storm passing through, when a local official were fi- officials were finally able to safely reach the boat, they left with more questions than answers. There was no sign of any, gru- any crew members, the anchors, the navigational equipment, and the crew's belongings were all missing, as were all the schooner's lifeboats. A large a large meal had been mysteriously made and it set on the table. Oh, so they actually had a meal that they prepared and had sitting on the table. Huh. But it was left abandoned. To this day nobody is for certain what happened on board during the uh to this day, nobody knows what happened on the bo- on board of the Daring. Many suspect that the ship became overrun by pirates who killed the entire crew to take what they wished. But why would they take all of their belongings? Pirates would just take shit they could get money off of, you know, stuff for money. I mean, they might have took their clothes, but I doubt it. Uh. To this day, nobody knows the certain of what happened on board in the uh, Daring. Many suspect that the ship became overran by pirates who killed the entire crew to take what they wished. Others hope that the crew members were able to flee in missing lifeboats. But the extreme weather during the time suggests that the crew might have scumped into uh, drowning. Even even if they had been able to get away. We will sadly likely never know, but many wonder if the uh, souls of the daring crew linger in the area in the hopes that someday they will be found. The Gray Man. This is the story of the Gray Man that haunts the lighthouse. Since the early 1900s, locals have reported seeing a dead man wandering around the uh, Cape, wandering around the lighthouse. They have dimmed him the gray man due to the gray uh, tones he takes when he when he appears. He always shows up near the shoreline, right along the first rain of an oncoming storm. Nearby residents have st- stated that they have never that he he never lingers for long. 
he appears and disappears as quickly as a wave crashes against the beach. Okay, and this is just a little story about, I guess, a haunted hotel right by this place. While this sudden apparition is frightening to some, people who live in the Haters Island have have come to real uh, rely on the Gray Man as an interrupt meteorologist. So apparently, when really bad storms are coming off the sea, this guy, this uh, apparition is seen. So, he's doing something good even though he's in the afterlife. Now we got a little story of the ghost cat. The other famous goat in the lighthouse is not human at all, but a dead cat. The black and white feline began appearing over a hundred years ago. Sauntering near the lighthouse tower each year. Hundreds of people flock to the... uh, Outer banks to enjoy the array of beaches and the local attractions, including the lighthouse. Several tourists encounter a friendly, a very friendly cat, excuse me, while visiting the grounds. Excuse me. Not remotely shy, the cat will walk up to the visitors. And intertwine its body between their legs. You know, just like a regular old cat would do. Silently asking to be petted. Visitors would quote, uh, would doubt, would dot on the cat. But anybody who tried to pick the cat up would grab nothing but air. That's crazy. You'd go down to just reach the cat and all this, then he's boom, gone. Very, 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 very nuts. Sorry about that. All right, this is story three. We're going to go over a Roanoke Island because that's one of the big stories of North Carolina in the, in the mystery. If you haven't ever heard of Roanoke, let me tell you. The year was 1585. And a gentleman named Sir Walter Riley had became a cherished member of Queen Elizabeth. By this time, the Queen of England had become quite interested in the consolation of what is now North America. (coughs) 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 Sorry about that. Okay, in America, and had elected Walter to travel with a small group of villagers and begin America's first uh, uh, permanent colony. While Sir Walter organized the expedition, a man named Ralph Lane was elected as governor and leader of the uh, the, uh, group. They set sail on August. Um, they set sail on April ninth, fifteen eighty-five, with a fleet totaling five ships. Storms and rough seas temporarily separated a couple of these ships, and the fleet's primary ship, the Tiger, 
sought temporary refuge in Puerto Rico. God dang, that was way off fucking course. Eager to reunite with the other ships, the Tiger set sail once more, but had ran aground off the... Oh, Krakow Inlet, which is a part of the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Okay, so they made it kind of close, but not all the way there yet. The accident, accident damaged the ship and a lot of the group's food supplies in the process. Sir Richard Greenville, who was Sir Walter's cousin, caused much strif when the uh, local Native American tribes and uh, accused the locals of stealing a prized silver cup he had brought with him on his journey. Angered, Greenville proceeded to loot and set fire to the nearest Native American settlement causing a lot of tension and hostile between the two groups. What a fucking dick. Just goes and burns stuff down because he thought he was in the right. Seeking revenge, the Native Americans carried out an organized attack on the settlers, which they were barely able to repel. Increasing violence and overshorting food supplies made Ralph Lane decide to Retreat back to England. The first attempt at colonization failed. Ender, uh, indebted Sir Walter selected a man named John White to lead a second expedition to North America. This group arrived on what is now Roanoke Island in 1587. White led between 112 and 121 families and individuals to the island with the hopes of being a new life for themselves. Settling the, setting the land proved settling the land proved to be quite a challenge. But Governor White remained optimistic. Not long after their arrival, White's daughter, Eleanor Dare, gave birth to her daughter. Virginia Dare was the the first English child born on North American soil. Eager to uh, fortify the settlement, White decided... A supply run to England was necessary. Not long, uh, not long after the arrival in England, however, the county went, the country went to war with Spain. The war postponed while uh, White's trip back to the colony until August eighteenth of fifteen ninety. Now we're going to talk about these people that have banished the whole colony. All these people just. Up and disappeared. No trace of a like a war or anything with the Indians or nothing. They just gone. So let's talk about that. Excited to be reunited with his family, John White returned to Roanoke Island, only to be met with the sheer bewilderment. 
The fort and the Connolly's houses were damaged but still standing. The entire Connolly itself had vanished, including White's daughter and granddaughter. A single word, Crawtone, had been carved into a nearby tree. It was the only clue they found. Historians who believe that Roanoke colonists interact, integrated themselves into the local Native American tribes also tend to believe that the, Ele- the Eleanor Dare was among one of them. Legend has it that Eleanor, along with her daughter, Virginia, were worried about John White that he would never return with fresh supplies to the colony. And they had, they had to rely on the locals in order to survive. Several years passed. Virginia Dare, now a grown woman, got into some type of quarrel with one of the Native Americans. Not knowing the man in question was concerned to possess his magical powers, The Native Americans is said to have put a curse on Virginia that would become immediately following her death. When, were, and how Virginia died continues to remain a mystery. But the legend states that upon her death, Virginia's spirit became permanently trapped in the body of a white doe. To this day, people visit Roanoke Island in the hopes of seeing this now famous doe. Many people claim to have been have many people have claimed to have seen her wandering around the island, forever trapped. We're going to talk about the Roanoke Island Inn now. The now infamous island is haunted by more than just lost colonists, however. During the 1860s, Ozzie Jones and his wife, Martha, built a modest yet charming building on the uh, island. It quickly became a bed and breakfast, breakfast <coughs> which remains in business to this day. <coughs> Sorry if I'm coughing in the mic like that, guys. It's been passed down within the family. A man named... Roscoe Jones owned the uh, inn at some point after Asa had passed away. In addition, in running the inn, Roscoe was also employed by the U.S. Postal Service and is said to have been taking great pride in his work. He served as a postman in the town of Montillo for several years until quite Unexpectedly, he was let go from his position. Anyways, he was let go from his position, and legend has it that he haunts the inn. You know, that seems like a real common thing, though. I mean, think about somebody spends all their life doing the going to one place all the time and doing the same thing. It's kind of like, man, yeah. 
they kind of get attached to the place, you know. I've noticed that with a lot of guy people that work places for a long time, their spirit comes back and haunts it. <laughs> All right. Let me get a drink and we'll go to the next story. Uh, all right. Okay, our next story is Teacher's Hole. And the name of this story is called Blackbeard's Ghost. On Ocracoke Island is a small channel of water known as Teacher's Hole. This inlet is reported to be the spot where the pirate Edward Teach, better known as Blackbeard, preferred to anchor his ship. He also is said to be uh, be where he met his end. And some say that's some say his ghost haunts the spot still to this day. Blackbeard roamed the Atlantic from eighteen from seventeen from seventeen sixteen to seventeen eighteen, robbing ships from the West Indies to the Carolinas. He had a reputation for unbearable ferocity. When Blackbeard went into the battle, he strapped multiple pistols and multiple uh, multiple swords to his body. Most frightening of all, he wove fuses into his long black beard and set them on fire just before he stepped on on the captured ship. The towering figure, uh, armed to the teeth, sporting a sparking flaming beard, must have been absolutely terrifying. <coughs> ship ship's captains were uh surrendered without a shot being fired blackbeard's regime on the high seas came to an end on november 2nd of 1718 the virginia governor alexander spotwood set a ship commanded by john maynard down to the north carolina coast to track down and kill blackbeard Menard uh, surprised Blackbeard and a skeleton crew anchored at Teach's, Teach's Hall. Uh. <coughs> In the furious battle that followed, Blackbeard was shot five times and stabbed no less than 20. The pir- pirate crew was all killed or captured. Blackbeard's head was chopped off and hung from the... Uh, Bow spirit of uh, of uh, minored ship. Man, that's fucked up. Guy was running around, someone's head chopped off on his boat. I guess it was to give a message to the other pirates, you know, to stop. Good, because back then there was a lot of pirates that roamed the seas, stealing and taking. The pirate's uh, headless body was thrown overboard. Legend has it that the headless body swam around Mannard's ship three times before sinking below the waters. Wow, that's crazy. I wonder if that really happened. Ever since then, it's sad that Blackbeard's ghost haunts this spot known as Teacher's Hole. 
Many people have reported seeing a strange light moving beneath the water in the cove. The ghostly light is thought to be some to Blackbeard spirit, a sw- swimming through the waters and searching for his missing head. There are those who believe that on a stormy night you can hear Blackbeard's voice calling out in the wind. On nights that the angry wind is roaring and the hard rain is coming down, many people have heard a horrible roaring coming from this hidden cove. They They say that it is a unearthly noise that sounds like a pained human's voice bellowing. Where's my head? That's what they say they hear. While his reign of terror of the seas was short, Black, the Blackbeard's legend lives on the, le, uh, on the legends of the North Carolina. Uh, we're also learning even more about this frightening pirate every day. Ever since the discovery of the wreck of the Queen Annie's Revenge, Archaeologists and historians have been working on recovering and restoring artifacts from its sunken ships, uh, captained by the notorious pirate. And where discoveries fascinated details of what life was like in the 18th century pirate ship. While Blackbeard's while Blackbeard's legend has gone down in history, these stories may be a fact of uh, history being written by the uh, winners. Except for the final battle, there's no record of Blackbeard ever having been killed in, by anyone. Or there's no record of Black ever of uh, him killing anybody. The show with massive arsenal and flaming beard may have been... Enough designed to avoid a fight. Blackbeard seems to have understood that having a reputation of being a bloodthirsty murderer could save the trouble of actually being brutally thirst being a brutal bloodthirsty thirsty murderer. <coughs> and while pirates are considered the bad guys of history, it's hard not to sympathize with the pirates over the British Navy. Pirates' crews were better treated and better paid than Navy than Navy crews. Futuremore, pirates' crews were on their ships by choice. Once opposed to the Navy crews, many whose members would have been preceded into the service. Pirate ships were also essentially demon were. Uh, institutionalized the pirate captains would be elected by the crew the general select they generally selected on the uh, basis of of uh, fairness and leadership the captain's decision decision on where and when to sell would be put to a vote this his authority became absolutely only during the battle this was the uh, stark contrast to the British Navy at the time, where the cap- 
captaincies of the ship were based more on being born to the right family than one any ability to really knowing how to run a fucking ship. It's also important to remember what pirates were stealing from whom. A large portion of the vessels passing through the Atlantic at this time were uh, holding enslaved humans be, uh, enslaved humans as cargo. When intercepting a slave ship, pirate crews would uh, routinely free those otherwise disdained for their life of misery. These men were these men would be offered the opportunity to join the ship's crew, with uh, chances of their of them being able to return home being tragically small. It's an it's an offer many of them took up. Records show that as much as half of any given pirate ship's crew in the early 18th centuries would have been composed of freed Africans. Even Blackbeard's trusted second-in-command would die fighting with him at Church's Hall once his man... Uh, at Teacher's Hall one, was one of these men, known as only as Black Caesar. While many, while many pirates implant... While, men, <clears throat> while many pirates did kill and plunder... They were killing and plundering from people who were themselves killers or themselves killing and plundering, enslaving and ex exploiting land which had been invaded and were held by force. What seemed too often the authorization so much about the pirates was not their tactics, but that somebody else was getting a cut of their action. Yes, so that whole area, like I said, they said when storms are coming in, they can hear his voice saying, where's my head? That'd be pretty creepy. And sometimes there's been a known to see his ghost ship. So, yeah, that sounds pretty cool too, man. But all right, guys, hope you enjoyed the show today, man. Have a great Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Sorry I was late today. Had a bunch of storms come in this weekend. But hopefully next weekend it will be on a Saturday. It will be on time at 3 in the morning. So, yeah. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. I enjoyed it. Remember to go to YouTube and look up Ghost Stories Told from the South. You can see my channel there. Don't forget to look on Spotify and uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon, Google Play, um, I'm pretty much everywhere now, guys. So check them all out. Look for me. I hope wherever you're hearing this, you're loving it. And hey, wherever you live, man, I'm serious. Y'all start sending me some stuff to research, too, if you want me to do something like that. It'll be no problem. But I hope you guys are good. Y'all have a great rest of the day. Enjoy your Mother's Day. And don't be too scared now. <laughs> See you later, man. Bye.